0: You are listening to The
1: Dark Fantastic Podcast. Welcome to this special Christmas episode of The Dark Fantastic Podcast. I'm your host, AK, and I've got some great things lined up for you on this episode, right after
0: this. Summer 1990. A teenage boy in trouble. An evil that only comes out at night. Only a straight-to-VHS movie can save him. From A. Kale, the author of, Beware the Night. Bad Dreams. A thrilling horror novel, now available on Amazon. Rated PG-13 for some thematic elements and mild violence.
1: My guest on this episode is an actor and filmmaker. He has starred in many movies and TV shows, including Waiting with Ryan Reynolds, Burn Notice, and the Walt Disney biography Walt Before Mickey, which was released on Netflix. In this interview, we talk about his work as actor and producer on the film Diamond in the Rough, how he got his start in acting and the future of spiritual stories in Hollywood. Please welcome Jordan Werner. You're obviously very busy. Yeah. You do a yeah. lot of things and, uh, and uh, I really wanted you on, uh, on the show because... Uh, I love the movie very much. It came to me as a surprise. We'll get to that in a minute, but I'll just tell you that I just loved Diamond and the Rough so much. Uh, I'm not really into movies that, you know, deal with or have an element of sentimentality in them. I'm usually not, not really attracted to that. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm a hard-edged guy, you know, but right, yeah, usually yeah. they are not well done. I know how it goes. So usually it's very hard to maintain that balance of making a heartfelt movie yes. that doesn't come off as, you know... Cheesy. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, so
2: definitely.
1: can you talk a little bit about your journey towards becoming an actor and a producer? Because I know that you are an actor, a producer, and also a director. Yes. You've done television, you've done movies, you've done yes. a lot of things. So can you talk a little bit about that journey?
2: I um I started acting when I was really young. I, um, there was a play called The King and I, which is a very famous play. Um, and it was when I was seven years old. Um, it was called The Lake Worth Playhouse and i really wanted to audition for this part and i bugged my mother um to audition to be able to take me to this audition and um <laughs> she was like okay fine everyone every other child wanted to go and you know play soccer and all these different types of things but i really wanted to audition for this part i don't even know how i found out about it to be honest with you but um i wanted to audition for this role because i wanted to be in a play and I didn't know anybody. We didn't know anybody. I just went in there as an outsider and my mom thought I would be there, you know, maybe a half hour audition and come home. And I did my first audition and they said, um, could you stick around? And she said, sure. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no problem. And they're like, she's like, how much longer? He's like, she's like, oh, about maybe 30 more minutes. So then I made it to the second round (laughs) and then they said, can you stick around later? And she's like, uh, okay. I ended up making it to like the fourth round of the auditions till it finally was between I made it to first available, which is between me and this other kid. And um, my mom was there till like, you know, she got there at like 10 o'clock in the morning and we didn't leave till like midnight. <laughs> and um, so we were there like for 12, 13 hours and they ended up giving it to the other kid because he was his family was part of the drama club that was there and I wasn't, you know, and they felt it was. I guess a better political decision to give it to him. But um, from that point forward, my mom realized that, you know, there was something to it with me. And um, from that point forward, man, I just, I, uh, I was acting in high school and then um, I ended up uh, going to college and then I ended up joining an acting class and uh, art state studios. And um, I worked with some actors out there and then there was this one guy and his name was Dean Schull. And, um, me and him hit it off really well. And I actually, um, went to his, uh, going away party, um, when he was moving to California and I didn't even know why he was moving to California, but I knew he was moving to California. I know was moving there for a project or anything, but I knew he was moving to California and, um, he ended up going to California. I ended up with my coach, um, doing an expedition out there and just go to audition for some casting directors and to do some, uh, you know, just to give some cold reads and things like that. And um, it ended up not going really well for me because I've never been in that situation before where auditioning, auditioning, auditioning professionally, you know, I, I auditioned in Florida for commercials and booked some commercials and stuff like that and some non-union stuff, but I never booked like a, an actual like LA project and there's different rules and, you know, things you have to know um and guidelines that you have to follow to look like a you know a seasoned actor and I didn't have any of that i was what they called very green and i went to a casting directors workshop and um i um i ended up auditioning for this casting directors workshop and they said that you know you, you have really good talent but you're green and um I, I you know that really killed me so they said we can't you know work mm-hmm. with you you have to train and do all this blah 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 and i was i was really pissed (laughs) because i flew all the way to california and i thought like the, you know everything would open up for me you know and the harsh reality the truth was that you know i wasn't ready by any means shape or form and um i ended up calling dean because he was already out there and uh dean i picked up dean we went and drank had a great time during the time that we were hanging out he told me that he was working on a film and it was a project called Waiting, and um, and I was like, Waiting? Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's about a restaurant industry, and we have some good talent attached, and he said, I think you'd be great for this role, and so, you know, from that point forward, um, I ended up auditioning for Waiting, didn't get the role that I originally auditioned for, and then um, I ended up uh, getting another role, and then you know, the rest of history. The Waiting became the movie with Ryan Reynolds, Justin Long. You probably know about it. It's about the restaurant industry. Um, yeah, it's a, cool, it's a cool classic, you know. And that was my first big role as an actor. And it's a crazy story. I won't get into it, how I, you know, how the part actually came to me and stuff, how I actually got the part. But um, that was the first, um, that was my first big role becoming. And then from that role, I became SAG. And, um, I ended up actually moving out to LA three years later or four or five years later and, um, working out in LA for about four or five years, not really ever making it big, you know, not ever really booking a lot of stuff here and there. I booked some stuff. Um, but it was out there where I met uh, my former business partner and, and, uh, we ended up having a vision together and that's how diamond the rough came into play. That's how I, you know, figured out that I can not just do this, but I could figure it out that I could actually, you know, do film, I could do television, and from that point forward, that was my jumping off point, and then I booked, you know, then I started booking a whole bunch of other stuff, and um, yeah, man, still, uh, still working at it today, you know, still trying to do my things. More, more importantly, now I'm doing um, independent things, more of independent films that are more meaningful. I just did another independent film. Um, it's called See You Around, and uh, it's about homelessness, kind of focusing on. You know kind of it it's kind of related to Diamond in the Rough, to be honest with you. But um this time instead of me playing a pastor, I actually play the um homeless guy. Um and the transition from, you know, no one wanting to help him and feeling hopeless and 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 and, and like a um you know basically like a homeless bum to actually be giving it a chance and being able to prove himself that he is worth something in society. So um they're editing that as we speak right now and that's going to hit the film festival market and i think it's really going to do if anyone has like a decent bone in their body and anybody is human we'll say i think it'll really relate to them and really affect them in a a good way
1: okay before i ask the next question i'm going to answer your question which is how how i found out about diamond and the rough i'm a huge fan of clifton powell oh okay yeah i really like uh what you know his style is his charisma so uh i've always liked him i think i first saw him on the practice he was a guest star and he just killed it so Mm -hmm. that's how it began and i found out a website a streaming website called tubi Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and uh it's a do you know do you know that website Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so i found the movie there i was uh I was, you know, checking things out. He's looking for something to, to watch. Yep. And I found out this poster, Diamond in the Rough, and it had, like, Clifton Powell yep. on the, on the, you know, right in the center. Yep. So I checked out the trailer, and it didn't really look like my thing. Right. But, uh, but I decided to give it a chance because I don't know why I gave it a chance, to be honest. I think it, something something about the trailer something about a combination of it it, even in the trailer it felt like it had something special something heartfelt maybe i don't know i can't really explain it and of course it had clifton powell so i said you know i had nothing better to do so i gave it a shot and uh
2: i just you know loved it yeah he um yeah he he was our he's it was amazing to have him on set. Um, he was uh, my former business partner. Had contacts with him. Um, we ended up contacting him and calling him, and you know he ended up uh, coming in for two days, worked for two days for us, and um, we shot all the scenes in two days. He was a trooper. He worked, you know, twelve hours a day. Even though he sag, I mean, he said, "No man, let's just work through everything. Let's get everything done for you." Um, he was amazing you know, he's awesome. We, um, we had a trailer for him, so, you know, he would have privacy and, and everything. And, uh, um, we put him up in the, you know, put, put him up in the hotel. Um, he was really cool too, man. Cause we put him up in a holiday Inn, really nice holiday in, but you know, like he was, he was so cool. He wasn't like, you know, he didn't really have a lot of demands or anything, um, which is awesome. You know, cause some, you know, some movie stars could, <laughs> as you know and I know, it can be very demanding and very picky and stuff. And he's just really awesome. He got along with everybody, took pictures, Man, he's so cool. Um, we love him to death. I'm still good friends with him. Um, and, uh, we, you know, during the pandemic, he was going to come down for the ICF, which is the International Christian Film ICFF, which is in, or International Christian Film. Yeah, ICFF, the, one of the largest Christian film festivals in the world. And uh, he won. He was nominated for Best Actor. Um, I think he won for Best Doctor. don't see you. Um, he was in the cup down for Diamond the Rough. But he was in the cup down But, you know, the pandemic hit and he wasn't uh, able to make it, obviously, because um, they had it virtually and everything. But um, till this day, man, he's uh, he's wonderful. So thank you for, uh, you know, thank you for being a fan, because that's awesome. <laughs> the, the scene in Diamond, too, where, you know, Daniel, um, who I play, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Clifton at the end, that ending scene at the funeral, you know that came to play because, you know, we needed another scene in Diamond to really do the, the, you know the um the the arc of the characters, right? We needed to have Daniel be able to come around and realize what he's done to his family and admit to himself and to God, you know what he's done and to be forgiven, and um. So my wife and I actually wrote that scene um, right on set. And uh, my wife is Christian, actually, and I'm Jewish. <laughs> okay. And um, we both had a, a different, you know, take on it, um, but we ended up putting it together. And I think it really, um, it came out very spiritually. And, you know, I think it's one of the um, the most telling scenes in the movie because it, it shows the... The, the, the arc of the characters, you know, where they start, you know, and then, uh, like I said, Daniel being forgiven. And I think that was a very important uh, message to be uh, shown to the, you know, to the audience, because I think that was something that definitely needed. Um, and then my wife actually um, ended up help writing, she actually wrote it, the last scene with Michelle and her mom and everything too. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool, you know, to have, those types of um, those types of uh, messages being put into the, you know, being put into the film. And I think it really closed it out very nicely. Um, I I should add to the makeup artist. Her name is Corey as well. She also helped write everything as well. So it was a really cool team. You know, it was a really cool team that we actually um, were able to accomplish that. She's an amazing makeup artist too. So. Just for,
1: for people listening, the movie is Diamond and the Rough. It's, uh, it's the movie we're talking about. Yeah, and it's uh, it's available on several streaming sites, and uh, yeah, you can on, find
2: it on Amazon Prime now too.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and so. uh, it's a very, like you said, it's uh, it's a very inspiring, and it's a very heartfelt movie. So, how did the idea for the project? come about
2: and how did you become involved with it yeah so my former business partner clay walker actually had the idea of the film um he actually created the idea and um we did it uh, as a play called "A still small voice and they went around colorado and um they were able to put it on as a show and everything and then he met with a writer named louis Oliveira, who actually wrote the original screenplay um as part and uh, we changed and um uh but it wasn't um you know it was an original screenplay it was an idea with things that were part of it and everything and then um we um actually my former business partner actually found a rob walker um and they connected and rob walker uh, ended up writing it and directing it um and he had a uh he's not very <laughs> he's awesome he's not a very um christian person <laughs> though he's very more spiritual but he did change the script into a uh, is a much better script than it was, you know, it was a much better, it was more put together and everything. Louie did a great idea with the ideas and with the uh, concept and everything that Clay, uh, that Clay gave him, but Rob really put it together and worked on it and um, ended up uh, being the writer and director for it. Um, but like I said, it needed those two scenes in the, the film for the closing. And that's why my wife and I, um, you know, wrote, uh, stepped in and did that. Um, but the way I got involved was um, uh, we were, talking to a couple of investors and, um, uh, the, 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 um, you know, the, the momentum, the position wasn't going anywhere. And, uh, we had this one investor lined up and my business partner, uh, Clay was, you know, dead set on dead set on starting dead set on starting in this time and everything. And, um, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. And, um, even though if it's not, (laughs) You know the right way, I and mean, there's a will, there's a way, and um, he ended up, you know, really putting in my mind that uh, we were going to do this film, and it had a message of God in it. And my wife and I own a medical spa in Orlando, um, in light skin body med spa in Orlando, and um, you know, uh, we were going to put some money to to uh, another film that I wrote, which um. But she was like, I'd rather put the money to a um, faith based film. So, you know, because Clay was so dead on doing it and we wanted to do it and everyone was ready. I said, you know what? Screw it. Let's uh, let's put up the money. And so we ended up actually putting up the first, you know, investment for it. And then all the investors fell out. Um, We got some money throughout the whole thing. But um, my wife and I ended up really financing the whole project. So. Um, they started shooting and everything. And then, um, wh- you know, as independent films go, I thought that, I thought that, um, things were going very smoothly and stuff. But, um, when we got there, cause I was just playing Daniel, um, as part, you know, one of the main leads and everything. So I was just to be out there for like, you know, 10 days and I think shooting my scenes and everything. And, uh, when we got off the, um, plane, I spoke to, um, the other business partner, Alex story. At that time he was he was help producing as well and uh he told me that everything was going to the the crapper <laughs> to be honest with you and that you know people were threatening to walk off people were threatening to do this do that um my former business partner really uh he was the one supposed to be in charge of everything but he had you know he had kids at the time and unfortunately he couldn't be on set and we we didn't really have anybody else. So he was trying to do the best he could, but it was, you know, it was kind of a question of, you know, out of sight, you know, where's the producer, where's this, where's that, um, you know, no fault of his own, I guess. And uh, I ended up um, really, um, I looked at my wife and we looked at each other and we've been on sets before my wife's a makeup artist. That's how we actually met. And so, I looked at my wife, she looked at me and we said, okay, let's take over. And we did. And we took over and we ended up extending our stay uh, for eight more days. And we were there out there for 18 days. And, you know, since day one, when we were there, we, we took over and, you know, got it to be to what it is today is what you saw. Um, But yeah, we basically took the whole thing over. Um, You know, I ended up having to do a speech (laughs) Uh, actually and my, uh, one of my business partners now tells me about it. Um, I just did at like this, the, the, the heat of the moment because it was the beginning when everyone was losing their um, cool and everyone was like, oh, my God, what do we do, what we do. And I ended up doing this speech and on location, I remember. And um, after that speech that I made and I just basically said that, you know, listen, I mean, this is something we've always dreamed of doing. Everyone in this room. That's why you're here. You know, it's you're making a movie, <laughs> you know, Clifton Powell you know, as part of this film, he believes in it that much, you know, and I just said, listen, let's put our bygones bygones. Let's make, let's let's work together. And, you know, let's forget about what happened so far and let's just, you know, make a, let's, you know, let's make an effing film. I won't curse on your show, but um, <laughs> let's, let's let's make an F in film. And everyone started clapping and screaming. then, you know, from that point forward, I mean, we had some hiccups and stuff, some hiccups, but then we just, you know, we, we knocked it out and, Um, you know, when God's on your side, God's on your side, because this is in Colorado when we shot this and I was in Florida and a hurricane actually hit while I was in Colorado near my area. So I was off for like 10 days on my job, but because of the hurricane, like we were off for another two weeks. So I was able to extend my stay for eight more days. (laughs) And so I was out there for 18 days.
1: You can, you can tell if someone, you know, uh,
2: works in the industry they can
1: tell whether the movie is is an independent movie or it has you know money being thrown at it and yeah. diamond and the Rough is definitely it shows that it's an independent movie and a labor of love and that it, it's obvious that it doesn't have like 10 million dollars you know sure. behind it no, and wish. that's why i think uh, sorry go ahead i wish it did <laughs> you know we were, yeah you know, <laughs> everybody working uh in, in hollywood
0: yeah, wishes everyone.
1: wishes they did but right, right uh but i think that's why um the movie works in the way it does because uh everybody on screen and of course how the movie is put together it shows that it's a labor of love and as i said it's a heartfelt movie yeah but i wanted to talk about something else or another aspect of the movie is that it has a very spiritual aspect to it to the story and what it says and uh, what it's about basically Mm -hmm. and it handles it in a a way that I found very appealing as someone who is not as I said uh, really attracted to Sentimentality, and I don't like preaching. Uh, I don't like uh, movies that you know show their political colors, you know, too much. Uh, I don't like. I don't like that. So, but that movie, to me, it just it just has so much heart, and it delivers its its message in a way that's very non preachy. At least that's how I saw it, and. uh, can you talk a little little bit about that? About how how you achieved that balance? Yeah. Um,
2: so again, like I said, my um, the editors, Kadri, um, and Ian Bennett, they have a um, company called Lister Film, Lister Film Music, which they do a whole bunch of things, kind of like what you're talking about, like uh, not spiritual, but well, actually spiritual and just good feeling, good vibrations, very positive, you know, very positive. Um, they do their own, they have their own studio and everything. And it was their first time actually, uh, shooting a film and, um, but Ian is a great DP and, um, the way he shot the film, um, really, uh, the shots that he set up from Rob's direction really spoke to me and my wife and there were things that they were doing where we thought, where we could interject some spirituality, um, from the nature of the shots. And, uh. You know, I wanted to <clears throat> interject some, some psalms that, um, that were not religious, but they were godly, we'll say, very spiritually. And um, that's why we injected those psalms into those scenes, because they, um, they really spoke to me as not being religious, but as being um, spiritual. And I think they really conveyed the message that we were looking for, that like, if you're lost, God will find you. And, you know, um, you're never lost, but God goes, God always knows where you are and, and things like that. And that's not just in the Christian faith. That's in the Jewish faith. That's in, you know, uh, you know, the the Muslim faith. I mean, that's just a a standard, I think that, um, that everyone can relate to. And that was the biggest thing that we wanted to do, um, was we really wanted to relate to everyone with this film as much as we could with the budget we had and with the people we had working on it. Um, and one of the things that is most important to me and why my wife actually, my wife, Dawn Werner, she's, she's the, she's the, uh, um, reason this movie was made because, you know, she was able to, she, she allowed me (laughs) to use our money, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's not my money, you know, happy wife, happy life. Right. So, um, she able, she was able to do that. And, you know, I'm Jewish and she's Christian and the only re- the way we work is because we believe in that spirituality together and it works between us. Right. So, um, because, you know, Christian faith and the Jewish faith, you know, <laughs> they have a really big, um, distinction between it, you know, for the role of Jesus and, uh, if we thought like that, our, our relationship would never work. But we think of the meaning and the, the you know, the meaning of Jesus and the meaning of, of being good to people and things like that. And, you know, the, the meaning of God. Right. So we 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 see God as the same. We see Jesus as different, of course, because of our religions, but we see God as the same. And we didn't want to put a meaning of Jesus or. Or meaning of any, any allow or you know anything into the movie we just want to put a meaning of God into the movie And I think we all really related to that concept that we wanted God to bless this movie and I think that's where we all came from that was our starting point where we just really wanted God to bless this movie and really wanted to celebrate um, that message you know in the film and, I, and that's I think how it became really spiritual and godly instead of religious and things like that
1: i think because the cast is um, is a mix of yes veterans and new faces and yeah. uh, every it's, it's obvious that everybody is having a good time and everybody is giving it their all basically
2: well it's, i mean uh, it's, it, and it's you know it's important to tell your audience too it's an interracial cast too like a lot of you know most of the whole cast is black and some of them white, you know what I mean? But it's interracial cast. And, you know, I give credit to my business partner because he really wanted to convey that as well. And I thought that was a, you know, a great um, idea on his part as well because I felt like it related to everyone um, as well. So, I, you know, I have to give credit to where credit's due. And that was all because of Clay, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I just
1: mentioned the cast because I really like that the movie you know talked about homelessness and ptsd and yeah and uh, and heavy you know heavy yeah. heavy stuff mm-hmm. but especially talking about you know child homelessness and child abuse and dysfunctional families yeah and you see a lot of movies dealing with 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 those issues you know especially i don't want to men- mention any any specific titles but a lot of them are heavy-handed a lot of them are very depressing Uh a lot of them are are, you know are, are just they try to say something you know deep and they do sometimes but you come out of watching most of them depressed and feeling negative yes especially with movies you know coming out of hollywood i think in the past at least 20 years dealing with those issues with with a few exceptions but that's how i feel watching a lot of of those movies and that's why they don't appeal to me right because i always feel that there is always a way and uh, hopefully especially for younger people hopefully they can overcome and that's why i really liked diamond and the rough because I think it's a very inspirational movie, especially for teenagers in trouble and, and teenagers and, ch- and children dealing with those issues, especially homelessness and, and, you know, broken homes. So yeah. I think that's one of the major aspects that appealed to me and uh, combined with the, uh, the subdued spirituality, I think. I, I hope that it will appeal to you know younger people because I think this message is needed so much now. this message is more timely than ever. so
2: yeah, I agree.:
1: Yeah, so that's why I think this movie is special yeah, uh, in many ways.
2: That means a lot um, to hear, you know um, uh, because you know that's one of the things we wanted to do. My wife and I actually started a a nonprofit uh, called Diamonds in the Rough. So we want to build housing for veterans, you know, for homeless veterans, for veterans. So it's very important to us, um, based on you know who what we believe and who what we believe in. So you know, hopefully, when the the film makes you know um, any type of profit or anything, we'll be able to, uh, to try to accomplish that. That's an important piece to the whole puzzle um, because of the. Because of the home, because of the the homelessness, and because of you know things that veterans um, face and be, because children face, um, we were hoping that this movie would be a special. You know, um, we feel it's special, obviously, because we did it. You know, it has a it's a labor of love, of course, but we feel that you know we would love it to be played in in churches and synagogues, you know, all around the world to show that message that you know, that you're not alone. And that, you know, like my business partner did, like when there's a well, there's a way. And, uh, you know, that you can accomplish anything when you when you have a, you know, when you uh, put your heart into it, and you have, you know, a good support around you, you know, that's the most important thing, you know, Um, people are strong as their weakest link. And if you surround yourself with good people, and you reach out, good people will find you, and you know then you know a dream is just a dream until you make it your reality right so if you have that dream then you can accomplish anything because your reality is your perception you know and from that you can accomplish anything I believe so we wanted to convey that in the film so what are you working on now like I said I was working on that 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 film, uh, see you around. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a movie, you know, about homelessness again. Um, in, uh, in, uh, diamond, I play, not the preacher. That was another film I did called revelations (laughs) In diamond. I play uh, Daniel, the uh, veteran, um, but you know, suffers from PTSD and, um, you know, another film that I did, I play a preacher with, uh, a movie called Revelations, and then this other film that I just completed uh, is called See Around, which is all about homelessness. You know, I, I really, in the last three films that I've done, to be honest with you, have been about PTSD, homelessness, and uh, substance abuse. <laughs> all the three things that Diamond actually uh, covers, um, and individually as well. So I think that's kind of like making, you know, what I'm doing now um, with everything is uh, trying to do films with Good intent, good meaning. Whether they have big budgets or not, I remember we got picked up by Tubi too, and I was like, "What's Tubi?" And um, <laughs> you know, I had no clue what Tubi was. And you uh, know, then I realized that that Clifton Powell has a huge following on Tubi. Yeah, it's
1: streaming. Is just uh, you know, it has it has its ups and downs. Uh, it has its pluses and its minuses. But uh, I think it's just like for a movie like diamond in the rough i think movies like that uh now they would they would they would never you know have have a chance in theaters yeah. no so streaming i think is 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 the only way left now for for these smaller movies and uh especially i don't want to get into you know i, wanna, I don't want to get too heavy but right. i think the way things are going artistically movies that are positive and in and, and, and one way or another are somehow looked looked down upon yeah well, so so that's why i think without streaming services and uh, there, there would be no 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 chance you know no no opportunity to show uh a movie like diamond and the rough and that has this kind of, of story
2: yeah and um one of the things that was really important to us too is that, you know, we covered the veteran piece of it and made it as authentic as possible. Like even the PTSD, PTSD scenes when they're, you know, when Daniel's freaking out and then hits his daughter. And then, you know, I don't want to say too much and anything when you're for your audience and everything, but when he, when he goes on those rants, and then from that point, there's that arc of that character that he circles back and is sorry for what he's done and is forgiven i mean that was i wanted people to see that that our veterans especially that watched it um and it's interesting because we did get some reviews and everything and there were some veterans that said i couldn't even finish watching some of the scenes because they were so realistic and they were so real i had to pause the movie and go back to it because it was so real and i was so happy to see that there was a happy ending you know, because of what I'm going through and what my family went through. When I got that review, I think it was Amazon Prime or something. But I think I, when I saw read that review, you know, it's um that's a uh, really powerful to to hear or to read, you know, and to to see that someone actually, uh, you know, was t- was taken through that journey by our film. I thought that was um pretty amazing, you know. So I. I I get it. I get what you're saying.
1: Well, Jordan, um, I don't want to take any more of your time. Yeah. Um, and uh, thank you very much for, for joining me on the show. And yeah. uh, it thank was, you um... for making Diamond in the Rough. It's, uh, it's an uplifting movie and I needed a movie like that. And a lot of people out there, I think, need a movie like Diamond in the Rough right now and i hope people check it out and
2: uh i hope you join me on the show again so um yeah i i thank you and um you know i thank my business my former business partner clay walker for creating it and reaching out to me so we can actually accomplish it and um yeah i just want to say thank you again happy holidays and it was great speaking with you don't die
0: daddy i'm
2: not gonna die I don't plan on it, okay? I love you, Take
0: care of mom, okay? You can run on for a long I baptize time. you in the name of the Father and of the Son
2: and of the Holy Spirit.
0: You have family? For Not anymore. Time. You see, that's what happens! So go on! Damn. Get a Super home to go to the lady. go. Got Good you got think about God. He says he's looking out for us. Me
1: and her are friends. Well, get lost! Have I not commanded you to be strong? Do
2: not be afraid.
0: Do not settle for being average. You can be great, be phenomenal.
2: When you fight against the water, the water always wins, all right? So make friends with the
0: water, merge with the water. Is God going to happen, Pastor? Oh, God's gonna happen, whether you believe it or not.
1: What makes a story a Christmas story? Some movies are called Christmas movies because they take place during Christmas. Movies like A Christmas Story which was released in 1983 uh, and any adaptation of uh, Dickens' A Christmas Carol or National Lampoon's A Christmas Vacation are obvious choices. and. Almost any book by Dickens is very suitable for Christmas. But what about mysteries? A number of books by Agatha Christie are also Christmas stories, the most obvious of which is Hercule Poirot's Christmas and The Adventure of the Christmas Pudding. But there are also many other stories that take place during snowy winters, and in winter settings in general, and which are perfect for the season, like 450 from Paddington, and many other Miss stories. And then there are the less obvious choices, stories that don't necessarily take place in Christmas, or in winter, or maybe they do take place in winter, but are not necessarily thought of when people or selecting uh, movies or books uh, that are suitable for the season. Almost anything by Anthony Trollope, especially his wonderful Barchester Chronicles, with their cozy settings and witty humor, work great for the Christmas season. Any Sherlock Holmes story works. But for maximum wintry, Christmassy impact The Hound of the Baskervilles is the best choice Because its setting, basically, you know, by the moor with the, with the very gothic, wintry, snowy setting and its mysterious aspect Although it is a dark story, probably one of, if not the darkest Sherlock Holmes story there is still something about it uh, again about the setting and the mood and the atmosphere that makes it a perfect story for a cozy Christmas night you know sitting by the fireplace reading this uh, book I think is great for Christmas Fortitude by Hugh Walpole a terrific and unfairly forgotten novel about perseverance and faith, is also a very good choice, and a book that is unfairly forgotten, as I as I mentioned, a lot of people don't know about this book, because I think Hugh Walpole is basically almost completely forgotten and a very underrated author and many 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 of his books people don't remember now but I think Fortitude is one of his masterpieces and because of the book's message and because of the book's scope it is a very good choice for Christmas and you can read a full review of the book on my website. Devoted by Dean Koontz is a heartwarming and deeply atmospheric suspense novel and is also a great choice for the season. As for movies, aside from the obvious choices like It's a Wonderful Life, Meet John Doe, also directed by Frank Capra, is a less known but subtler and more intelligent film with a timeless message and features one of Gary Cooper's best performances and again because of its plot and its setting it's great for Christmas Cry Macho, starring and directed by Clint Eastwood is a perfect choice it's a moving, funny and humane film and it deserved a lot better at the box office and if you missed it Now is a great time to catch up with the film. The 2018 version of Benji, released on Netflix, is a good remake of the family classic and has a lot to offer. The dog hero is cute and lovable. The human characters are very memorable and the story is well written. So this is also a a good choice. So there is a lot of good stuff out there. And there isn't a better time than Christmas to catch up on your reading and on watching a lot of feel-good movies. I'd like to end this episode with a poem by Robert Louis Stevenson called Time." This version is read by thomas peter and is taken from the librivox website and you can download this and many other poems stories and novels from the site thanks for listening merry christmas and please join me again on the dark fantastic podcast
0: Late lies the wintry sun a bed, a frosty, fiery, sleepy head. Blings but an hour or two, and then a blood-red orange sets again. Before the stars have left the skies, at morning in the dark I rise, and shivering in my nakedness, by the cold candle, bathe and dress. Close by the jolly fire I sit. To warm my frozen bones a bit. Or with a reindeer sled. Explore the colder countries round the door. When to go out. My nurse doth wrap me in my comforter and cap. The cold wind burns my face. And blows its frosty pepper up my nose. Black are my steps on silver sod. Thick blows my frosty breath abroad and tree and house and hill and lake are frosted like a wedding cake.
1: You've been listening to The Dark Fantastic Podcast.